Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Peck. Hi everyone. Hi, Paige. So today on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we are going to talk about healing the heart of your relationship. Now, this could be any relationship. It could be a relationship with your spouse. It could be a relationship with a child, with a sister or a brother, aunt, uncle, neighbor, friend, coworker. You know, we have so many relationships and our world is about relationships. I don't know if you realize that, but the way that we relate to each other is actually what causes us to relate to things in certain ways. So we relate to our cars in certain ways because of the way that we relate to each other with work and home life and everything else. We relate to our clothing in certain ways because of the way that we relate to our family and what we're going to be doing there. And maybe the way that we relate to God as well. So those relationships that we have with the people in our lives affect how we relate to everything else around us. So today we're going to talk, talk about the heart of the relationship. What to do if the relationship is not going super great so that we can get it back on track. Yeah. And of course, with everything here, we t- we look at the problem and find the solution through the lens of the principle of self-government. Well, this is so true. So self-government is, in a nutshell, being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yeah, self-government is um, vital for a person's feeling of freedom, happiness, fulfillment, because if somebody's controlling everything about you all the time, you're never going to feel like you are happy and empowered and that kind of thing. That's so true. If you are, can't step out on your own and do your own things, figure out your own mistakes, make up your own decisions, then it's not really any point to doing any of it in the first place. No, exactly. So we are going to talk about this situation of what happens when relationships have struggles and how can we get to the heart of that and fix that. But first, we want to share a fun idea that you can do as a family or just with somebody that you love, maybe a brother or a sister or a sibling or that's what I said. That's the same thing. Brother, sister, sibling. (laughs) Oh, amazing. That's not even a different thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, But also, you know, with a parent and child or anybody for that matter. I say I even did it. What we're going to talk about. I did it with my fiance for like our second date. Yeah. So this is fun, right? So Paige, what is this thing? This fun thing, this fun idea is drawing with colored pencils or painting in nature. So at least for me, when I did this, you know, I sketched something and he was sketching something and then we took our sketch and we colored it in with colored pencils. And um, he actually took time. He he did all the shading and the blending and used pretty much every pencil in his whole case. <laughs> like, okay. But it's it's really fun just to take colored pencils and either find something to copy or just go from your imagination. Well, because, you know, when you create something, you actually go to a different part of your brain, okay? And so when you are creating something, when somebody else is creating something, you both are in this stage of your brain or this part of your brain where you feel really productive, So you might be sitting there with a piece of paper, but you're creating something. And then you can appreciate what that other person created, which is a lot of fun. And of course, everybody's going to be at a different skill level. I mean, you know, some parent that 
had art classes and stuff like that is going to be at a different skill level than their six-year-old. But you know what I found was fun? I don't know if you remember these times, Paige, where we would just pull over somewhere. We would find something that looked interesting to draw. Or we would go into the canyons, into the mountains, and we would sit and find something to draw. Maybe it was, you know, a tree or something. And we'd all find something. And you and the other children would watch me draw. So I was obviously a little better than you guys because <laughs> I was older, right? I was the parent. And you would watch me draw. And you would take note. And you would try to do some of the same things. And I would appreciate the steps that you were making in your drawings and the details that you noticed and stuff like that. You know, there's some people who really are detail oriented and the way they see their, the world is full of details and no one usually takes the time to appreciate those details. Mm -hmm. And when you're a detail oriented person and you work on a creative project with someone else and they actually recognize the details that you've put in, they talk about them, they appreciate them, that helps you feel and see more your value, your contribution. It helps the relationship a ton because you recognize, you know, that person may not always say everything that they see, but they do see stuff that I do. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, makes and it's someone like when you're the person making those comments or trying to see those things, you're trying to see the strengths of that other person, you know, the different things that maybe they're better at than you or the things that really make them who they are. And when you appreciate that and bring it to their attention, you know, I know a lot of people, they, they're like, oh, wow, you know, they, they really see parts of me that most people don't see or, yeah. oh, wow, you know, that, that's very kind of them to bring it up and bring it to my attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just, it just says you value me. I can feel you value me. You know, it gives you something to praise, which is wonderful. So let's talk about our relationships a little bit more. Go try that fun idea. Whether you think you're an artist or not, just try it. Just start drawing. <laughs> it's really things, fun. You just, you know? no judgment, you know, just go for it. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do stick figures and stick you know, whatever else it is, that's fine. <laughs> See if you can branch out. See if you can focus on some of your own details too and be a little creative and see what happens. Okay, so let's talk about the relationship problems and what the solutions to these relationship problems are. Yeah, I'd say there's a lot of different problems that people bring up when, you know, their relationships aren't going well. Because I know a couple friends of mine they're good friends with each other, but we've noticed that like one of their problems is, you know, bad communication. Mm, that's classic. Yeah. And there's solutions to all of these problems that we're going to go over today, but yeah, it's, it's just really interesting to see just how much the solutions do overlap, um, especially with the problems that people have. Yeah. So some people have trained themselves speaking of bad communication. So that's the first problem we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And, and I would say that's probably one of the biggest problems that people face, whether in a couple relationship, whether in a friend relationship, family relationship, you know, parent child relationship, coworkers is bad communication. When you're not communicating openly with each other and you don't have a plan for how you are going to communicate with each other, that leaves the door open for people to make assumptions. Mm -hmm. And as soon as people start assuming about the other person, then there's judgment and disconnection. It's just there automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when people don't communicate with each other. But I think another aspect of bad communication, it's not just not talking to someone, but it could also be talking bad about someone behind their back. Mm. That is also considered bad communication. Well, for sure, because you're not actually addressing the problem the way that would really be best. Right. Which is to talk about, to talk with the person, right? Mm-hmm. I also think you can over, you can communicate in a way that's dominating. So some people, oh, yeah. you know, some people try to just dominate every single conversation. It has to be my way. It has to be my, you know, this kind of thing. And, and no, you can't say that. And, and just being really controlling about what is communicated and what isn't communicated. Yeah. Or and that shuts people down. Yeah, or, you know, if they communicate and all it is is about them, then that's bad communication as well. 
if every comment is like, oh, I did this, or, oh, yeah, me and so-so, we did this, and, you know, when it's just like, we weren't even talking about that. Yeah, when a person only talks about themselves, that's selfish communication, and everybody feels it, it's hard to bond to. So if we could describe what good communication really looks like, what does good communication really look like? I would have to say it's honest. Oh, yeah. No, I would say good, commi- good communication is open and honest. And I know for me, when I'm trying to focus on good communication, I try to focus on other people. Um, you know, what's going on in so their life. So it's caring. Yeah. It's caring. Yeah. And, you know, being considerate of others and really wanting to know what's going on. And I think another aspect is good, wholesome communication. You know, talking about things that uplift and things that are actually of benefit to everyone, you know, that's present. That's true because some people get the, they seek attention by doing the wrong thing, right? Yeah. And then nobody feels comfortable with the communication. So then that gets the whole conversation completely off track. And then at the end of the day, people feel ill-used. They feel uninspired. They sometimes even feel like I can't be around that person because that person. It can be emotionally draining sometimes to deal with bad communication. For sure. For sure. And when that person is attention seeking like that, then, you know, it's, it really does test everybody's patience and yeah it emotionally drains that's a good way to say it let's Mm -hmm. talk about um the solution to this problem i mean the solution is honesty the solution is literally is just the opposite you know you have to be willing to open yourself up or to tell yourself no when you want to gossip or so yeah no answers in some situations and just being willing to be open with other people and honest. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, more authentic. And, and authentic doesn't mean emotionally abusive, right? Authentic, right, that is not Because that's authentic. bad communication. It takes advantage of others. Um, authentic is, you know, just, but really yourself, though. Even though, um, you know, you're also going to be kind and caring, but you are still yourself being kind and caring, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the second problem. Um, The second problem that is common, and there's no way we're going to be able to address every single problem, but we're going to do quite a few (laughs) here. Just some common ones. We're going to go through some of these. So the second problem that I would say is pretty common is people having different goals. Ooh, yeah. That's huge. So Well, and not even uh, just like, because usually when people think of different goals, they think of, oh, you know, me and my spouse, but really they can be in friendship too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, what are the goals of this friendship? You know, for one person it might be, oh, I need emotional support for the other person. It's like, oh, you know, I want, I want someone to do fun things with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So husbands and wives definitely have this problem in abundance, mm-hmm. but I have seen, you're right. Friends can have this problem, uh, but also, also, children and their parents it's super common right where the parents are like okay this is where we're headed and the kids maybe one child is like I don't care and I don't want to and they have an allegiance somewhere else besides the family and the parents for whatever reason I mean that's kind of a conversation for another day like (laughs) talking about why they have given their allegiance elsewhere but that can happen and that creates a problem So what's the solution for that problem then? You've got to get everybody on the same page. In the Teaching Self-Government course, we spend a lot of time talking about something called a vision. Mm, Yes, those are important. Having the family on the same page. You can have a vision for any relationship though. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and like a lot of times we teach people, especially with husband and wife and family relationships, is to create like a 20 year vision. But like, even when it comes to friends, you can have a vision of what you want your relationship to be like and how you play a part in achieving that goal. Oh, I really like that last part. You said how you play a part. 
because that is a big part of the vision. So you can say, this is my ideal picture of the future for this relationship. This is my ideal picture for the future of this family. But hopefully it doesn't involve just everybody doing everything you want them to do. Oh, hopefully, yeah. no, no, I, I talk to hopefully people all the time. it involves yourself, you know, doing your part in those relationships as well. Yeah, no, I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I want this. I want this in a marriage relationship, this, that, and the other. Yet they go around and they talk bad about people or they don't serve others or they sit on their butt and do nothing. And they're mean to other people, but they're like, oh yeah, but I want to have this, you know, this super ideal relationship. You know, we're going to love each other. We're going to be super open and honest. And, but they're not living the way that they're picturing. Because a vision is not just a one-way thing. Like it's not just going to happen. You have to work for it. Yeah. So you can create visions in any time uh, frame that you want to. You could say, I'm going to have a one-year vision. I'm going to have a five-year vision for this relationship. I've done that many times before with relationships. We talk about having a 20-year vision for our family relationship. And that's something we did years ago for yeah, our see, and family. That was, when, that was when we were a little younger. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were tiny. In fact, we're almost to the end of that. And then we'll just have to create a new one or mm-hmm. just, you know, base on that one. But, um, but the 20-year vision has been foundational for our family. We know who we are. We know where we we're going. We know what it needs to feel like when we get there. There's a tangible picture in our minds of what that looks like, even an event attached to it. Anyway, you can, we're not going to talk all about creating a vision. That could be a whole separate podcast, (laughs) but um, there is plenty, there are plenty of places to find out how I suggest creating a family vision, but that's the solution. The solution is if you got different goals, you got to get everybody on the same page if you can, which leads to the third problem that I hear the most about, which is people not being on the same page. Yeah. And that is a really big issue, especially when it comes to husband and wife relationships because a husband and a wife are, you know, the people who are supposed to be running and being the foundation of a family. And so if they're not on the same page, say it's with, you know, method of schooling per se. Um, I know for me, you know, I want to homeschool my kids and my fiance is fine with that. We're on the same page there, but some people are not, or sometimes it's, you know, a topic of religion. They're not on the same page with that or, yeah, it just depends, but it always creates conflict. And so some couples, they either try to deal with it by not talking about it and just trying to live their life, you know, respecting quote unquote, each other's views or perspectives. But in the end, there's always a rift there. And if you're not on the same page, you can't fully connect with someone. Well, and being on the same page suggests that you understand the situations at hand the same. Right. Okay. That's what that suggests. So if you and your future husband, your fiance, understand education the same. The purpose of education. Yeah. The purpose of education the same. Then you can make an educational plan together that where you can both be on the same page. If in a family or in any kind of a relationship, people understand the relationships the same, or they understand how to problem solve the same way, then they can be on the same page. But if they each have a different way of solving their problems, so for instance, in a family, if one parent wants to hit and yell, and another parent just wants to leave the kids alone and let them do whatever they want to do. Those people are never going to be on the same page because the way that they're solving problems are completely opposite. One is controlling, controlling, using fear. The other one is just being the friend and controlling the situation by not doing anything about it because they don't want to spend the time or whatever. Right. Or maybe they're just trying to be a counter to the other person. But but people really struggle with problem solving and being on the same page with their problem solving. If a couple can be on the same page in their foundational principles and in their problem solving, that makes so much difference in the family. And same <laughs> with children and parents, you know, I mean, it's harder to get with your coworkers, but, but at work, there could be 
meetings hopefully there are for the business there could be you know office plans for okay if we have a problem this is how we're going to handle it and lots of times lots of times businesses do put those kind of measures in place to try to have everybody on the same page it's important same page means everybody knows how to communicate and follow the and not follow the problem solve the problem You don't want to follow the problem. No, 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 no. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, follow the plan. Follow the plan to solve the problem. Yes. Exactly. So what else, Paige? What is another relationship problem that you would say is pretty common? I think a common one is that whether you're a mother, a father, a sibling, you know, a friend, those roles respectively are not being honored or or understood and if they're not understood that could be a possibility as to why they're not being honored yeah that's true the understanding leads to them being honored Mm -hmm. i think people feel that roles are restrictive um you're a daughter okay Mm -hmm. I I don't think roles are restrictive, to be clear. No, they're very clarifying, actually. <laughs> but I think pe- there are many people that do think that. Like, what? You're, you're making me? Someone thinks I have to be a certain wage? I can't ever change? It's not about personal improvement or change. No, it's about how you or relate even, to someone else. Yeah, it's not about equality. Yes, it's about it's like, yeah, how to, you relate. To you, I'm a daughter. You know, to my fiance, I am a future wife. I, you know, to my roommates, I am a friend. Right. And and a different kind of friend too, a, a roommate friend, but yeah. somebody you live with. Yeah, exactly. So how, how do you understand your role in some of these relationships? Like, I mean... Because when you say, or how do you understand other people's role? What do you understand as my role in your life, right? So well, you're an adult. Your, I would say, yeah, your role changes. Because when I was younger, you were a teacher, a mentor, you know, someone to correct me when I went wrong, someone to guide me, you know. And now as I'm older, you're still a guide, you're still a mentor, but you're also more of a friend. Right. I think that, and that's because that has developed over time because of our respect for each other's roles. Mm -hmm. And because I respected you as mother, you know, I trusted you with issues that I had, with problems that I was facing, with, you know, different things in life. And I trusted you that you would, you know, help guide me in the way I would go. I didn't necessarily acknowledge that per se as when I was younger, but subconsciously i think all children trust their parents to take them where they need to go you know morally spiritually physically you know stuff like that yeah well and we did talk about your role i mean that was something that we discussed we mentioned and that was um something we tried to make sure was very clear that you are in a learning phase of your life so now as you're an adult child i see you in your role as okay now i'm trusting her and her judgment in all these things i'm not i am not getting as involved in every single thing in your life i'm interested in it we discuss things going on in your life but it's different because you're making way more of your decisions and not checking those with me and that will just get more and more and more over time we will still discuss the decisions we make and talk oh, yeah. about the things that are important to us and, and give advice as well. Right. But we will not, but I don't have the same authority in your life that I once did because mm-hmm. you're an adult and you're living on your own and you're taking care of all of your things and you are launching and moving toward being completely removed which and when i say completely removed i don't mean we don't talk because we talk all the time but (laughs) just like on my own yeah and i mean you pretty much have been now for quite some time i'm I'm already there i think (laughs) yeah when i'm I'm like talking about that you're launching i mean i guess i'm just thinking the wedding you know then you really will be just like in your own family (laughs) right totally different um, but but yeah technically you've been your own little your own little family, even though you have another family for a while. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love that. So we have to understand who each other is. and But like, how does one really, under, like if they've never been taught, because like for me, I've been taught roles my whole life, whether I realized it or not. Like some people, they haven't. And so they're like, oh yeah, that's my mom. And she's, she just kind of gets in the way of my life, this, that, and the other, or you know, whatever. They don't really understand the role of other people. How do you help someone understand the role of, say, a friend or, you know, being a daughter or a son or whatever? Yeah, that's actually a really great question. I'm like, oh, do we have time for that? Um, <laughs> let me let me see if I can let me see if I can sum that up. How would you help another person? So, I think you have to ask yourself some key questions. You have to say things like, um what is that person what is that how does that person connect to me right mm -hmm. and and hopefully it's not just some action like they make me food okay <laughs> but but you could go to that even on that basic basic level and you could say well if they make me food then what are they really doing they're nurturing me aren't they mm -hmm. okay if they correct me and they teach me then they have a teacher role in my life okay um if they are it's like say it's grandmother and grandchild okay grandmother who is she? She's an older person in my life. She's been around for a long time. I mean, if you just talk about the life story of a person, you know, she's been around for a long time. She, she was there when I was born. She has been there all the way along. She has, I've had these touches with her all the way along my life. So what does that mean she is to me? She clearly cares about me. I have a bond and an attachment to her, but she also knows so much about me. That means she could give me advice and wisdom and hopefully she would have some of that, right? So a grandparent's job is to impart wisdom and advice to their grandchildren as well as continually to their children and to be that example, you know? Mm -hmm. So we could go into detail about every single relationship <laughs> there is and what the roles are. The point is that we take time to ask ourselves questions about that and then we honor who that person is. So maybe grandma's not perfect, okay? <laughs> maybe grandma even does some things every once in a while you don't like, who knows? But we can still say, but this is who they are and they do have a lot to contribute and I can value that. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing in any relationship. So in a nutshell, roles is looking for how they contribute to the relationship that you have with them and trying to understand that. Mm -hmm. And how they should contribute because some people okay. don't contribute properly, but I think figuring out how they should contribute. And this isn't just responsibilities, but how they contribute to your well-being too. Like, like emotionally, spiritually. What your attachment is to them. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. I and so like I often, that. I often say mother is the heart and hearthstone of the family. And that's because she literally holds all the hearts of her children. Mm -hmm. She holds little strings that hook to all those hearts and she guides all of them. You know, yeah. and she's also that rock that's kind of like in the middle of things. Anyway, again, we could do a whole thing on roles. We can't keep going on roles. <laughs> and maybe forever. we will. Who knows? But <laughs> maybe we will. Okay. Um, so let's look to the next thing. Um, the next problem that I've noticed is people not equally contributing. So somebody's Well, lazy. and that could actually tie back to what we just talked about, about roles. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it, then they're not contributing properly right? They're like, well, it's just about me. Because if you don't know your role, guess what? Everything is just about you. Yeah. If you don't know how you are supposed to contribute to other people, then your focus is on yourself. And then you think it's all about you. Yeah. So knowing your roles keeps you united and selfless, mm, right? Instead I of like selfish. That. Yeah, that is good. So anyway, that's a, that's a real problem. People will constantly say, oh, the kids don't lift, lift a finger around here. I have to do everything. My husband's never around, blah, 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 blah. You know, people talk about how they feel like somebody isn't equally contributing. And equal, what word is that? I mean, that's a relative word. What does it mean to really be equal? Like, can anyone be equal? The answer is no. 
<laughs> I'm not equal to you, Paige. You're not equal to me. Do we, we have strengths and differences? Do we equally, unique. do we, are we equally both valuable though? And I think yes. that's it. Yes. Can we equally both contribute? Can we give our heart to the family and to the group? The answer is yes. yes. Mm-hmm. We can do that. But is, are you going to pull every single weed I pull? Are you going to? No, it's not going to happen necessarily that way. Right. So it doesn't, we don't have to measure each task to determine equal contributions. Mm-hmm. And that's important because I'll tell you what people, they get on a high horse about that. Well, I do everything for the kids. Well, are you there with the kids all day? And is the other one making the money for the family so that you can go buy the things <laughs> for the kids? Then it's not exactly unequal. It, yeah. Like we're both doing that our other part. person isn't with the kids all day. That's true. But that doesn't mean that when that other person walks in the door, that you need to shove that in their face and say, I am done. I am off shift, you know, because what does that say about your heart? You know? Yeah. That you're just worried about you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's other things. Sometimes people disappoint us. Sometimes they disrespect us. Sometimes they make mistakes. Well, I think the biggest solution with that is just to not take it personal just understand that yeah people make mistakes yeah and that sometimes that's disappointing and sometimes those mistakes disrespect you and your role and who you are but sometimes people don't do that intentionally I mean other times they do but I think for me the biggest thing in that is just to not take it personal or and then you know if you do have an issue with it to just sit down with them and talk about it calmly and just be like hey So, you know, this happened a little bit ago and that really hurt my feelings and I'm feeling really disappointed. And, you know, why did you do that? Or let's talk about this. Yeah, that's great. Um, Here's another one that is a problem increasingly more. And I, again, we could do a whole call on every one of these, okay? (laughs) A whole, I'm calling it a call, a podcast. We could do a whole podcast (laughs) on every one of these. Um, But this next one is a problem that is happening more and more. And that is people leaving their moral foundation. So yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, It's breaking up tons of marriages, husbands and wives starting as one faith maybe. And then one person just leaving and saying, I'm not, I'm not doing religion anymore or whatever. Well, not even necessarily religion, but like even people are saying, oh, you know, I had these, these standards, these values, and I don't see them as important anymore. Like usually they're rooted in faith, but not always. That's true. I mean, basic honesty, maybe. Okay. Loyalty. (laughs) You know, like, oh, hey, let's just do a threesome now. What? You know, (laughs) I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, where's all this coming from? So trying to change the foundation um, and, and direction of the relationship can be really troubling, but it happens a lot. It's happening more and more all the time. Oh, so another uh, relationship problem is constant distractions and addictions. (laughs) Yeah, that is a big one. I say that the first thing that came to my mind when you said distractions was just very menial things. (laughs) Just getting distracted by, well, actually they're not even necessarily menial. So I know for me, I've noticed that sometimes women will be like, oh, you know, all these clothes, these shoes, blah, blah, blah. And the husband's like, are you kidding me? I, 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 no. <laughs> like it's going too far, right? Yeah. But then what about, what about this distraction? You've got the parent who's trying to have quality time with the child and the child just wants to be on their phone, texting their friends or the mm-hmm. child's like, can we yeah. just play computer? Can we play <laughs> no. video games? Can we, you know, or the husband or the wife who comes home and they're totally just on social media for hours and hours or whatever. I mean, those are things that are distra- distractions and addictions. Of course, there's sexual addictions. It's a whole other thing um, mm-hmm. that we could get into, but that gets in the way of relationships. You, you got one person in a family who has a sexual addiction that is not conquered it creates distance between every single person in the whole entire family well if you think about it those distractions and addictions we have a relationship with everything but if those things are taking precedence over familial or 
you know, those other important relationships with actual people, then yeah, their distractions and their addictions, you, you still definitely have a relationship with them, but it's not the right, your, your relationships are not prioritized. Correct. Well, they're not healthy. They're no. not healthy. Yeah. So a um, couple of other things here, people making excuses. This is a relationship problem. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the solutions to that, to that problem is you've got to be honest. You got to take ownership for yourself and your actions. Mm -hmm. You have to think that it's okay to accept a correction from yourself or from others. If you've done something wrong, accept it, right? Say, okay, see what the situation was, decide how you can fix it, accept whatever consequence may come from it and drop the subject, move on. That's all you can do. Yeah. You can't sit and wallow. It's easier said than done sometimes. I say, and it's not to be confused with, you know, explaining a situation where, you know, maybe you were mistaken for being in the wrong, but you're not. There is a skill for that, and that's disagreeing appropriately, you know. But excuses is where you're wa not wanting to take responsibility for things that you have done. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. And And it really usually looks like talking bad about another person all the time <laughs> is really what it looks like, yeah. which is not obviously good for your relationship. Um, and then non-commitment is, and, and that could kind of go with like not equally contributing, but there, but there are people who just feel like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't care. And they're just about themselves. Yeah. And, so it's a selfish and, thing. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to that lack of vision. Like, do they even know who they are as a couple? Or yeah. well, and if you think about it, like, are as parent and child, like know? couples who date for an extended period of time, and like, because I had a friend who dated someone for two years, you know, and they didn't get married. They ended up, you know, breaking it off, um, or breaking up rather. And I just kind of thought, like, why was there no commitment there? Like they're committed to having, you know, a, a dating relationship. But like why, if they're going to date for that long. Like, yeah, for but, two years and to yeah. not be committed, that seems crazy. I know. Like yeah. why? And so like, I think the main thing was like you're talking about, you know, they didn't share or they just didn't have a common vision of where they wanted to go. They were just kind of in the moment. They're like, okay, well, let's kind of see where this goes. But we don't really have a vision for what either of us want really. And so it's just, it was kind of interesting to watch that relationship. So they, they loved each other and they loved being with each other, but they didn't actually plan for what that was going to look like for the long term. And right. then it ended up deciding they couldn't, even if they loved each other, it wasn't going anywhere. I mean, honestly, when you don't have commitment, it's because you're not going anywhere. Usually mm -hmm. people who are progressing in a relationship, whether it's parent, child, friend, friend, you know, if I have a relationship with a friend and that friend is just stagnant, stuck somewhere all the time, stuck talking about the problems again and again and again, mm -hmm. I just don't call them anymore. Like that's just what happens. I mean, maybe every once in a while to be like, I love you. How are you doing? But I, I just really can't surround myself with that person a lot because they're not going anywhere. Right. Where they are going is anti-productive, right? And so then I just kind of lose some of my commitment and attachment to that relationship because people like that are emotionally draining. They're they're hard to be around all the time, and mm -hmm. it it just makes you kind of lose some of that commitment. And that and that's not to say you can't support someone through a hard time because you can, and we all need to, and that's what we do. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. It wears people out, you know. Right. And so then we lose commitment. And so um, anyway, staying committed, that's, that is something that requires planning. When things don't go perfect, how are you going to stay committed? How are you going to do all of these things? So there's one thing about a relationship. Paige, I know we've talked about this multiple times. But um, let's say that there are two people. If there's two people in a relationship, how many relationships are there? Just two. Yeah, there's two. There's the way, well, actually, technically, there's four. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I guess if you think about it that way, because you have a relationship to yourself. Okay. So, so yeah, each two people have a relationship to themselves. So that's two. And then they each have a relationship to each other. So that's four. 
yeah, so that's four. So a lot of times people think a relationship is, is there's one relationship for every two people. That's wrong because I could look at Paige, my daughter, and think a certain way about her, but she could look at me and think a certain way about me. And I could be like, she is the best daughter ever. And she <laughs> is so smart and whatever. And she could choose, even though I am thinking that way about her, she could choose to relate to me like, oh, my mom is so annoying. My mom is so whatever. She could choose to do that. And that would be coming all from the inside of her. And I think that happens a lot. Totally. Because I know like with previous relationships that I've had, it was definitely like that. Um, You know, they were they totally loved and adored me, but I'm like, okay, this person is really annoying. <laughs> well, I mean, that can happen because you're not a match, right? I mean, right, that, can, right. <laughs> that can happen just because it's not the right person. But I think because, you know, as you now know, when it is the right person, it's just way different, right? <laughs> and so, and that's a good thing. But, but the thing is, is that we don't recognize that let's say that other person is like really being, maybe they're being lazy. Maybe they're being mean. Maybe they're not caring like you wish they would or something. You still have control over your relationship to that person. Mm-hmm. The way that you relate to them. Is and that is all that, you. That, and that's that has nothing heart, to do with anyone else. That is the heart of the relationship. The heart of the relationship is your heart. It's the way you see them. That's the heart of the relationship. And the heart of their relationship is the way that they see you. Mm. And of course they have relationships with themselves, the way they see themselves too. And both of those are so important. They're vital. But if I want to change the heart of my child, Or if I want to help my spouse have a change of heart too, because I I really can't change anybody's heart, right? (laughs) I mean, I, I, I technically misspoke there because really changing the heart of another person can only be done by them. But if I want to help another person have a change of heart, the most important thing I can do is make sure that my heart is in the right place, that I have had the proper change of heart that I need to have. And so I've got to be patient with everybody else's heart and I've got to focus on my own calmness, my own patience, my own understanding, my own foundational principles, my own love for God's ways. You know, if God's part of who I am, which he is, then I'm going to make sure everything's good there. Right. Yeah. When I say, and like when you focus on those things for yourself, when you're trying to better yourself, a lot of times that's very inspiring for other people around you and they tend to follow suit. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, I call that the boomerang principle. Yeah. That whatever we send out, if we're valuing the other people, that's what we get back. If Mm -hmm. we see their potential, if we see their value and we act according to what we have chosen to see, then they'll start doing the same. That's how relationships are healed. And that's, I think that's the main point I wanted to get to, (laughs) you know, is there's all these problems and there's a lot of things that we can do, but at the end of the day, the most important thing that a person can do is to look at their own heart, Mm -hmm. to examine their own heart, to heal their own heart and to say, okay, I've got a problem in a relationship. I'm going to look to myself and I'm going to say, what do I need to fix about myself? Where have I potentially gone wrong? How can I do better by this relationship? Whether it's a friend, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a sibling or a parent or a child, what can I understand more? What can I value more? Who am I? What is my role in this? And what is our vision? Where are we going? You're hearing words we've mentioned before. These things... (laughs) are part of getting that heart in the right place. Right. Finding the truth. You got to find the truth. Well, and if you think about it, like all people are born with an inherent desire to know truth. And so, but like a lot of them just don't know where to look. And so, but you just have to keep looking for that and finding that truth to help out with, you know, all those problems that you do have. Yeah. 
you know, we, we all can recognize truth. It's, you're mm-hmm. like you said, we're born with it. Some people don't want to, it's <laughs> <laughs> a different problem. You know, some people don't want to, but if we are looking for it, like, what is the truth in this relationship? Am I at fault for something that I had? I should have said I was sorry for, I should have repented for, yeah. is there something, another way I should have handled this situation? Well, because if and, you're actively looking for truth, then you are willing to accept if you need to change. Well, not if, when, when you need to change and what. Yeah. Cause if everyone does like, that's just, <laughs> it's going it to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, this was a powerful thing for me in my marriage and, and I'm happy to share this right now with you, you know, just about getting ready to get married here. Um, you may not know this page, but me and your dad were really different. <laughs> wink, wink. Right. What? No way. <laughs> <laughs> we have different personalities. Go no figure. way. <laughs> you know, And so we can bug each other from time to time. That can happen. You love someone more than like anything, absolutely anything they can bug you. (laughs) This happens. It can happen. It happens in, in relationships all the time. So one thing I taught myself to do years ago was when he had been frustrating to me, say or he had done something I didn't like or I was annoyed with or even sometimes if he was said something that wasn't kind which really there aren't very many excuses for okay in a relationship we want to stay away from that stuff but even if it happened that he made a bad choice like that I would go to my room and I would think how do I, what do I need to change about me? What do I need to focus on for me to make myself the better person? I would even pray and I would say, God, what is it that I need to learn about me? How can I fix myself? Not, not thinking it was my fault because I never thought that necessarily. Right. You Um, said, well, how can I help make this situation better? Well, the thing is, is that it could have been his fault. I mean, if he just said something mean to me, which very rarely ever happened, but it did happen a couple of times. Um, if he said something mean to me, I'm not thinking that's my fault, but okay. I am thinking, what can I learn? How do I need to improve? Because if I can focus on what next lesson I need, then I'll be able to be the right person to show him what he needs to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I, it's a, it's a leadership type thing, right? right? The heart of the relationship is change my heart and then his heart will transform. And sure enough, it did. Sure enough. So and we're so close, you know, now we had a couple of years where things were kind of bumpy here and there. That <laughs> happens sometimes, not bumpy to the degree that we would have gotten a divorce, but bumpy to just like, okay, why? I think we were under stress. I think he especially was under stress with his mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. And, and that time he just wasn't communicating well and stuff. So anyway, we have to work on our own hearts. I think that's the biggest thing. If we want to touch the hearts of our children, same thing. It's true. It's true. Same thing. We need to be focusing on, well, our, what do we need to be doing to feel more love for that person? What lesson do we need to learn in this relationship so that our hearts can touch their hearts and truly care? mm -hmm. And I think something that's really important to understand is, you know, who you are and who they are is always more important than what you get out of them or what you get out of the relationship. Because what you get out of it is what other was what someone else is willing to give. And so for it to be both ways, you have to be willing to give as well. And a lot of times, you know, you give a whole lot more than you receive. But that's where the satisfaction and the happiness comes from. But in the end, I would say you receive way more than you ever gave. But you have to be willing to give first. Yeah, but you have to recognize recognize it right sometimes we're, we think about what we want to get out of the relationship but we don't realize what someone really is giving and mm-hmm. and obviously we are making the assumption with all of this that we've been talking about that both parties do want the relationship to be good that both right. parties in the relationship do care and love each other you know i mean friends you know that means something a little different than husband and wife <laughs> you know, or, or parent and child but we're saying, okay, th- how can we how can we work on our hearts in a relationship that really is going to go the distance? It's going to go somewhere. There are occasionally situations when 
someone has totally bailed on the relationship in a lot of different ways. And there might not be a way, even when you fix your own heart for, to get them to change their heart. That happens sometimes. And that's a hard thing. I, I don't know if there's much harder that people deal with than that actually. But um, that doesn't mean that working on your own heart was in vain. It's still the best thing you could have done during mm -hmm. that time. Even if that person only focused on what they got from you, they took full advantage, they didn't give, they didn't care, they didn't want to work on it. Even if you still got the opportunity to get your heart in the right place, even if the relationship can't continue because it's toxic or for whatever reason, you know, you still then know that you did everything that you could and you also get yourself in a good place to be able to move on. And mm -hmm. that's the important thing. So I hate to end on that note because that's <laughs> kind of the sad note, but I didn't want to leave all this without stating that we are very aware as we're talking about all of this, that, you know, sometimes there are some situations and relationships that end badly and that's always sad. Well, it doesn't work out sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, but still work on your own heart. The, the solution for you and your own future happiness is still the same. You've mm -hmm. got to work on your own heart and get it into the right place. Uh, I love talking about self-government and I love <laughs> talking about families and relationships and hearts and all the important things. These are the most important things in our lives. They really yeah. are. Yeah. And there's so much more that we could talk about on these things. So I hope you listen to some of our other podcasts and, and we've got more coming for you. We're going to keep making these fun podcasts. I love having this time with my daughter each week, but you also can find more things on teachingselfgovernment.com. So go there, look for some stuff. Um, there's the new second edition of Parenting House United that's out, which is super exciting. Um, yeah. So, and that's going to be, I mean, pre-sold for a special price for just a little bit here but um if you're hearing this way after the fact still get it it's an amazing book i've i've worked on this now for a good percentage of my life and i'm really <laughs> <True>. excited <laughs> yeah i'm really excited um for this second edition which is even more improved so so improved upon where the first edition was so anyway the first one we, is still good too so uh, yeah i mean it's sold over fifty thousand copies i can't complain <laughs> anyway, so helped a lot of people <laughs> it has absolutely and if you've still got the first edition read it again anyway so um yeah find what you need keep getting the help that you need keep getting the ideas that you need to maybe change some of the paradigms that you have and to work on your own heart and we will talk to you again next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.